talk, girl talk, dating and kids, health, wellness, exes and shit. F words, C words, religion, I quit, I'm begging your mom don't listen to this. Hi friends, welcome to Mom, Don't Listen to This Podcast. I am your host, Heidi. I want to start this week by giving you a warning. Um, I am going to talk about some pretty serious stuff, and I don't know if this is sensitive to certain people, so I'm going to talk about um, a little bit about sexual assault, a little bit about depression, um, a little bit about suicide, and... um, I'm going to talk about drinking and quitting drinking and just depression, all of that. Um, just all the shitty stuff, just in one. Uh, no, I mean, they're all related, and I just don't want you to listen to this if you think that those are going to be trigger warnings for you. Trigger warnings? Triggers for you. So, right off the top. Um, and then, why am I recording this? Like, why am I talking about this stuff? I I had a blog. Um I guess I still kind of have a blog that I haven't touched in a while and I will get back into blogging more as I have more time. I've just been so busy with school and I had some people that read my blog and then they talked about me and they were like, I don't understand why she like basically like why is she so extra? Like why does she have to bare her soul to the world? Like why can't she just like I'm being so dramatic um, and that made me kind of insecure about sharing things with people and it made me question why I would share stuff. Like, some things should be private, right? Well, yeah, but at the same time, when you're going through something and you're isolated in that and you think you're the only one, what helps you get through it? For me, knowing that I was the only one going through certain things kept me trapped and it kept me in a depressed cycle and I thought that like I was the only one that experienced it and I think connection and opening up and talking about things putting the conversation on the table is what makes people recognize and confront issues like um sexual abuse goes down generation and generation and generation and generation and families until it stops until somebody says what's happening and I think that like keeping quiet about stuff keeps it going and it has been going and I think that my generation I mean I'm sure there are people before you know us that did speak out and put a stop to it but I think that we are more emboldened to do so now and I think that the more that people talk the less that stuff is going to carry on so I'm not talking about this to be dramatic or because I want attention um or because whatever like also it doesn't make you weak to talk about it when I was raped and I came out and said so I had people um telling me that I was like so like so many supportive people and so many people that messaged me and they told me like I've been raped but I never talked about it I never felt powerful enough to talk about it I didn't have the words thank you so much for saying it and then I had other people that were like 
why do you feel like you need to tell everyone that? Like, why didn't you, if if you knew it was happening, why didn't you fight back? Why didn't you stop it? Like, people are always going to have some shit to say, but for me, it's worth talking about stuff if I can help the people who don't have a voice um, feel heard or feel like there's a way out, especially young people. Um, obviously, I don't want, like, little kids listening to this, but, you know, when I was a teenager, I could have really benefited from understanding that I wasn't at fault for things that were happening to me and that things would get better and that there were, I don't know, there were resources. And um, so, yeah, if you think that I'm weak because I'm talking about this, then go fuck yourself and don't listen to this. I'm not, I don't care. If I can help even one person opening up about this stuff, then it's worth it to me. So, um, also, I want to remind you that being vulnerable takes strength and being closed off doesn't. Opening up about your shit is way harder than keeping it buried inside of you. So if you're out there and you're like, wow, like she's so weak, she has to open up. Um, what? <laughs> okay, so I don't really want to rant forever. Um, my whole intro what I'm watching and listening to and reading, it's going to be super short because I don't have a ton of time to record this episode and I really want to get important things out. So I'm when I'm reading, I'm not going to talk about that because I'm going to talk about some books that I would recommend for all of you. Um, what I am watching is, honestly, I don't really have any time to watch, guys. Like, I have been so busy. I've been working. I've been trying to promote this podcast. Oh, speaking up, please go follow me on Instagram. The handle is Mom Don't Listen Podcast. You can also find me under Heidi Layson. I combined names. <laughs> um, I prefer, please go to Mom Don't Listen Podcast. That would be amazing. I really would love to reach more people. And in order to do that, I need your help. So if you haven't done so, please do. Something funny that happened. Uh, okay, so just rants. What is up with people driving their trucks and they have it lifted so high, but their tires are so tiny that there's a gap the size of like I could stand between the top of the tire and where the bottom of the, I don't know words for trucks, like lift is. Like why is there such a huge gap? If you're going to lift your truck, get a bigger tire. Also, issues with the other thing. Why do you have tires that stick out two feet past the edge of your car like I wonder like what's your gas mileage um not your car your truck cars usually don't do that although that would be weird too what's the point anyways that's not really that funny but I went on a huge rant while I was driving and my daughter thought it was funny so <laughs> um I guess you can imagine that it is uh, I watched the movie together together that is something that I watched and it was about um, a man who decides that he wants to have a baby and so he gets a surrogate and it's kind of a cute little um, love story but it's like a platonic love story. Not everything has to be sexualized and our society likes to make everything like that. So I thought it was a good together together. Um, yeah, I liked it. I It wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. I've never been a surrogate so I can't really relate to that exactly but it was sweet. Okay, to get into the bulk of it. So I'm going to talk about why I quit drinking and my history with alcohol and why I started drinking. I 
didn't really have alcohol in my house as a kid. Um, my mom didn't like alcohol at all. She came from a family where alcohol was like her uncles and her dad, I believe were, um, they drank a lot and there was just a lot of bad stuff that happened. She's never really gone too into it, but she doesn't like alcohol. So she didn't drink. She doesn't really like alcohol in the house. And my dad doesn't have the same background with it, but he just didn't really drink either. Probably to respect my mom, but also because he just, his faith, he didn't, I don't know. He drinks more now. I don't really understand that. Um, I only really ever saw it like at maybe some family gatherings, but it was really mild. Like people weren't getting like fucked up. Um, I think the first time I saw adults be drunk was like I went camping and I was probably 12 with a friend's family and there were, it was just two couples and then like all of the kids, it wasn't with my um, family and the adults got drunk, but it was funny. Like they weren't being crazy. I was just like, I've never seen adults let go like this. Um, and then like my first, like I had like a sip of my dad's Budweiser and it was disgusting. Also Budweiser is disgusting. Um, and then I think I tried champagne at like a new year's party. So it wasn't around, I wasn't around it. I think it was demonized. And since I had some issues with, um, being rebellious for a lack of better word, I didn't, religion was confusing to me and I was going through a lot of stuff and I didn't know what to do with all of that. So I think that was part of what attracted me to drinking. Cause I was like, fuck it. Like I don't, I'm going to drink cause I don't know what else to do with myself. Um, but also I grew up in the middle of nowhere and that's what kids did. I mean, teenagers, like that's how we partied. It was, we thought it was fun and, and we thought it was what you're supposed to do. So I, the first time I got drunk was my 15th birthday. We went camping and my friends and I, we got drunk off of like hard, Mike's hard lemonade. (laughs) Um, I went to many of parties after that and I drank things like, tilt I think tilt is what it was called um there was uh four loco wasn't a thing yet there was like boons there was um mad dog there was I mean oh just like I'm getting nauseous thinking about the things that we drank uh you know what kids do but I didn't understand the how alcohol worked I didn't know the science behind it. I didn't know what it did to your brain I didn't know what it did to your body I didn't realize that it was poison I had no I was like oh it's a thing <laughs> like it's not a big deal um and so I had a family member who was close and he did stuff to me that was really confusing it was really abusive but it was in a really confusing way and it went on for I don't know years and I didn't really know what to do with any of that because I came from like a religious household and I thought that I don't know I was just really confused I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about it I thought I was just supposed to pray and then God would fix it and that was part of why I think I turned to alcohol at a young age because I just wanted to not feel or think um and then the first time alcohol was like a real problem for me was I had um my brother tried to commit suicide and he almost did and he was in the hospital and they had to pump his stomach and like he was I don't know um it was really really weird and hard for my family and hard for me and 
I had a really close friend and she was like the only person I really felt like I could talk to about all those things that I was going through. And then she, um, we went to a party and her and my other brother, they kissed. I saw them kissing across the campfire. And at that time, that was like the end of the world to me. Like that was everything to me. And the person next to me had a bottle of um, HRD vodka and I didn't really understand I thought like okay I drink my third lemonade I can drink HRD and so I like took the bottle and I just I don't even know how much I drank and um at the same time I had been to the doctors because I thought I had mono but the doctor was like oh you're depressed and he put me on antidepressants and so I was on antidepressants and then I was drinking HRD straight from the bottle (laughs) I was like 17 also, I had moved out, um, and I was house-sitting for my grandparents, and so I had moved out for, like, six months or something. I also, like, had two jobs. Like, I was very independent for a 17-year-old, but that night, I just, I don't know, I was really helpless, and I also want to stop for a second and say, like, kids drink for lots of reasons. It doesn't have to be because of trauma, but I do think that trauma is something that definitely leads into addiction, um, or issues. And so if you find yourself in a situation right now where you're like, well, I drink more than I want to, but I'm not, I don't think I'm an alcoholic or maybe I'm curious about what life is like to not drink, but I don't have a bunch of traumas. I didn't get blackout drunk. Like, that doesn't mean that you don't have like have a reason to take a break from drinking because um, I just think that, you know, it's something that numbs you. So, of course, everyone has a reason to really get in touch with who they are, whether or not they have trauma. Um, yeah, so I, I chugged that bottle of HRD and then the person who was driving home got pulled over. And I, I don't even remember getting in a car. Like, they had to put me in the car um, <clears throat> and... The person who got pulled over got a DUI, and I got taken to the hospital by ambulance. Apparently, I was, like, on a stretcher, and I was making all these noises. I have no idea. They thought I was dying. I still, to this day, have no idea if my stomach was pumped or not at the hospital, but I do know that my nurse's name was Heidi, and I kept being like, you can't be Heidi. I'm Heidi. <laughs> like, my name is Heidi. And then... um, I also had pierced my belly button, like I had a friend do it, and then when I was in the hospital, my dad was there, I decided that was the time to show him, so those were some pretty fine moments in my life, and then, um, yeah, I don't, I barely remember the hospital, those are just like little bits, um, and then I woke up in my old bed at my parents' house, and I have never felt that sick, I've never felt that awful in my entire life, that was... I lost, I think I lost 15 pounds. I weighed myself and I was like 15 pounds lighter in one night. Uh, I went in the bathroom and I was like throwing up and my mom was knocking on the door and she was like, are you throwing up? And I said, yes. And she said, good. Cause she like wanted me to repent for whatever. Um, and then they called my parents, like called me in their room and they wanted to like lecture me about all of it, but I was still drunk. I was like, I'm still drunk. I don't even know <laughs> what you're saying. I can't focus. Um, and then I got an MIP, which is a minor in possession. It was in my hospital bag, which is really fucking awesome that they just slipped it in there. Like, here, we're just going to put this in here. You can find it later. Um, and that meant that I had to go do all of these things. Like, I had to go to this thing called a victim 
impact panel and watch um, all these like car crashes and stuff. Like people with DUIs get that. I wasn't driving. Um, I guess it's good to have that. I don't think that that stuff really works in that way for teenagers. It did not work for me. They took me to this thing called detour, which is like you have to go to a prison and talk to prisoners. That wasn't fucking helpful at all. Like um, I had to go into like a peer court where like my own peers judged me, which was such bullshit because those same peers I had seen like drinking like last weekend, like that whole system, I don't know what's in place right now, but that is not like I would not make my kid go through that because that is not what kids need. What I needed was a therapist and somebody to explain to me what was going on. And um, yeah, I just didn't, that didn't help me. Anyways, like I said, I got married uh, really young and then I kind of just put all of that stuff away. Like I just was like, okay, I had abuse um, it, in there somewhere. I was raped at a party. Um, I'll talk about that at another time, but I just didn't know what to do with any of that. I didn't go to counseling. I just lived my life. I went on. And then when I got divorced, I had all of that stuff that I had left behind and nothing to do with it. So of course I was depressed. So I started drinking and, um, I just want to also go back and say like, I didn't really drink more than the people around me most of the time. So I didn't think that I had a problem. Um, so I guess I'm going to play a clip from when this was like, I don't know, a few months before I actually stopped drinking. Um, and... It's me talking to myself. I, I like made a voice memo of myself hungover so that I could hear how I felt. Like I felt like if I could hear how I felt and how I sounded, that it would resonate with me more. Um, this was like the morning after I drank and like woke up. And it, it really did. Like I really highly recommend that if you're in a place where you're like, well, I don't, I don't usually get hangovers, but sometimes I do and I just don't want to drink. Um, record yourself because if you listen back and you just you can feel how you felt like I feel nauseous when I listen to it because I just I can't believe that I ever felt that gross I am beyond hungover right now it's that feeling where it's like I'll probably throw up in like an hour um but my head is I'm so dizzy. It's I don't I don't even know how to describe this feeling, but it's it's terrible. I just I can't handle my hangovers like I used to be able to. I think I'm about to throw up right now. I want to remember this time. Do you see what I mean? That was really hard to listen to. I feel sick when I listen to it just thinking about how hangovers feel I know some people who don't get that bad of hangovers but I tell you like I can't I mean obviously I haven't drank in forever but the last couple of times that I drank even just a little bit I would have such bad hangovers I would throw up the entire next day I sound like I'm dying in that recording um 
So I just, I wanted you to hear that so that you can get, um, I don't know, so you can have a side-by-side -side of like, almost like a picture, like that's what I look like, that's what I look like now. Um, but you know, not just that, but like, so maybe you can do that yourself if you feel the need, if you're struggling to really find a way to stop drinking if you want to. Um, I'll tell you what, it really helps. So, and anyways, back to everything else. Reasons that I wanted to quit drinking. I started getting really bad hangovers um, most of the time when I drank, even if it wasn't that much. I would throw up most of the day the next day. Um, I had a weird history with alcohol and I thought like maybe I do have some issues. Um, I was in relationships where or in a relationship where drinking made me I was like addicted to the cycle of the chaos with it like I wanted to keep doing it over and over again I think because I didn't want to fix my life like I was afraid that if I quit drinking I would have to fix my life um but I wanted to quit because I was tired of feeling hungover I had all these goals I wanted to reach but I didn't feel capable of reaching them. And at the time, I was, like, it wasn't an immediate thing. So I've had people reach out and say, like, I'm really, it's really cool that you aren't drinking anymore, um, and but I'm not there. Or I don't really think that I have a problem, but I understand why you quit drinking. Or how do you know if you have a problem? Or the thing is, is, like, by definition, I wasn't, an alcoholic alcoholic guys like I didn't have to go to get detox like I there were like four days a week I didn't drink sometimes there were months I didn't drink it wasn't like and I said this in my other podcast episode about this like it wasn't like I was hiding bottles or getting the shakes or anything I just felt shitty about myself um I know when I went back and I talked about like the dark like you know, getting fucked up as a teenager and stuff, it probably sounds like, wow, she like really had a problem, but it wasn't so consistent. There were so many ups and downs with it and times where I was like, times where I just had fun drinking. Like I was normal. Like I, I mean, I don't know how normal drinking is. We normalize in our society, but I was like going out with friends. I wasn't getting blacked out drunk. Like I could have a couple of drinks and go home. Like so often that was a thing. Um, but then there were those times where it was just terrible and I felt terrible. But all in all, it was a cycle of kind of just feeling terrible. And so reasons that I wanted to quit was like I just didn't want to be in that cycle anymore. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to get in better shape. Um, I wanted to stop asking myself, like, do I have a problem? I wanted to stop calling my ex and like hooking up with him. I wanted to stop having one night stands with strangers even though that wasn't happening very often, like twice a year or something, like still like what if, too much. Um, I wanted to have more substance. Um, I felt like it was getting in the way of like knowing who I was. I wanted to eat better consistently. I wanted to wake up earlier consistently. I wanted to be better with my depression. I felt like alcohol is a depressant. It just kept making me feel down even if it was like a couple times a month. I wanted to quit because there was like this person that I envisioned being like that person woke up early, they stretched, they journaled, they were hydrated, um, 
they ran, they ate healthy food, they nourished their body, they were in a good mood, they were happy about life. I wanted to be a health coach. I was like, how can I be a health coach if I feel like I'm struggling with something so heavy, so sporadically? Um, I wanted to find a partner who I valued and who valued me. I wanted to be a plant person. <laughs> like, I know that sounds crazy, but it's like you can't really take care of plants if you can't really take care of yourself. Um, I mean, you can, but they suffer a lot. Um, I wanted to, like, just be a better person. Um, and then the reasons why I didn't quit. I wanted to shut my brain off. Like, I get... My brain just goes and goes and goes and goes. Like, I have insomnia. I have a really hard time sleeping. I'm pretty sure I have ADHD, turns out. My my counselor told me, like, five years ago that I had ADHD. And I was like, no, I don't. That's crazy. And then the other day I was reading something. And for my class, I have to study um, disabilities. And I was reading about ADHD. And I was like, okay, these things are connecting with me. I'm constantly doing these things. And then my daughter came up and she was talking to me and I kept being distracted by school and talking to her and I was like, no, I have to focus. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, space. And I pointed out a book about space because we had been talking about space earlier. And then I sat down for like 30 minutes with her talking about space, looking at space things. And I was like, wait, I'm supposed to be studying about ADHD. (laughs) Oh, maybe I do have a bit of that. Um, So my brain doesn't stop. And I, I don't know if it's all that, Like, I don't know if it's all because I might have ADHD, but like I just ruminate on things constantly and I feel like it's too much. Like life is really hard and life is really depressing sometimes and alcohol is a buffer and it just made me be able to shut my mind off. And then I didn't quit because I didn't really think that I needed to. Like I would forget how it made me feel. I would wake up in the morning and... If I was hungover, let's say, and I would feel awful and then I would live the day and I would get over feeling that way. Sometimes maybe I'd feel awful that whole day. Maybe for like a week I would get in a cycle of positive behavior and I would be like, oh, alcohol doesn't make me feel shitty. Um, Or like maybe not that, but I was just like, oh, I don't I don't have a problem. So it's fine. And then I would have another drink and then I would be like, even if it was one, I'm like, ugh, I just don't feel very good. Um, and like I said, there were so many cycles, so it was hard to be like, I did all those tests. I would do a test, like, are you an alcoholic? And it would be like, maybe. (laughs) And I think that anybody who's thinking about quitting drinking does these, like, goes online and does these tests. And it's like, they can't really tell you what you need to know. Um, like, they can't tell you what you know in your heart. If you think you have a problem, you do. Um. I wasn't an alcoholic like I didn't like I said I didn't need to go detox so I was like oh I'm, I don't need to quit um I just didn't think I had that much of a problem and then I would go okay well I want to I want to quit and then I'd be like no because I don't want to be lonely like if I'm the only one not drinking I'll be lonely I'll lose friendships I didn't want to be alone I want to be an outcast I thought the alcohol made me more funny I thought I had more substance Like, I envisioned this person who didn't drink, and I was like, that person is, like, doesn't really get shit. 
Like they don't understand. Like the person who wakes up in the morning and stretches and drinks lemon water and journals and goes on hikes in the sunshine and laughs, like that person doesn't understand how fucking hard life is. That person is fake and bullshit. Even though I wanted to be that person, I couldn't lose my identity. I couldn't relate to that person. I was like, that person has no idea the shit that I've gone through. I didn't think I could be both. I didn't think that I could be a person with like all of this um, edgy darkness, I guess. I couldn't be like funny. I couldn't be like comedic because comedians are depressed. I couldn't fit into that group and then also be like a yogi. Um, Not that I am a yogi. I'm not very flexible, but I do want to do that. I thought that I had to be one or the other. I didn't think that I could be funny and relatable and tell ridiculous stories and then also be that light person who transcends or whatever the hell um and I didn't know yet I had no idea who that person was I'd never met that person in order to be a happy light funny person or not funny a happy light just like silly person I'd have to let go of this entire identity I thought and like getting dressed up and going out and sitting by a fire and sipping whiskey and wearing a leather jacket and smoking cigarettes was like a version of me that I was like, I like that person. They are, they get it. They're relatable. I thought that I would connect more with people if I was drinking. Like all of my serious connections with people revolved around alcohol in my life. Like that was when I would bear like secrets and my soul and even like yesterday I found out some really really tough news and I sat in my car and I cried and I was like I want to sit on a like a patio with somebody and sip wine that's how I think that connection works because that's how I was trained to think connection works so I was afraid of letting go of that and you know I'm so far past like needing to go sit on a patio now and drink wine or whatever it is but it takes a long time to get there um I just didn't think I had the power to quit. Sometimes I'd be like, okay, I'm going to quit. And then I would make it like five days and, or even like a month. And then I'd be like, I don't, I'm not ready for this. Um, and then all those other things would cycle back in. I don't have a problem. Whatever, all the excuses. I liked it. I liked the taste of whiskey. I do like the taste of whiskey. I want a fucking old-fashioned, guys. It tastes good. I like it. Um, I like making cocktails and I like drinking cocktails. I like the way the alcohol makes me feel before drunk. That just like feeling of like release. Um, I don't love it enough to like, I was never like, I have to feel that way. And I really like think about it in that way until after I stopped drinking. And I was like, oh, I kind of miss like just letting go, like laughing with friends. Now I have to think all the time before I say stuff. You know what does suck, though? When you quit drinking and then you say something shitty, you can't, you have no excuse. You can't be like, oh, I was drunk, sorry. Um, you just said something shitty and, and that's it. Um, I really love drinking PBR by a campfire. I love sitting out, drinking PBR. I like, I like sitting in the back of a truck. I'm a country girl and I want to sit and stargaze and I don't even care if it's Coors Light, guys. Like, I love that. It's fun. I enjoy it. Um... I like going to a bar and getting a drink and relaxing. Not to get drunk, just like go open a tab, sit down. I liked being a regular at a bar. I liked walking in and them already having a like beer 
ready, like opening it up and giving it to me. I feel like I belonged somewhere in a sense of like, I like dive bars. They're fun. Um, I like playing beer pong. I like playing flip cup. I like sitting around a table with a bunch of people and having drinks, like maybe sharing a bottle of wine. There's just some connection to that. And I didn't want to let that go. I didn't want to date sober. I don't want to like have to tell somebody like, okay, I'm not drinking and then get into the whole reason why. And then like, do I have a problem and all that shit? Like I didn't, I just wanted to go. Also dating sober is weird. You have to like really be there. Um, I also recommend it. You actually get to know like if that person, even if you only had a couple drinks, like you have that little bit of like frosting on that person. They're like, oh, they're a little bit, they're a little bit more fun. They're a little bit more silly. They're a little bit more cool. But when you're sober, you are so much more aware. And I think that, you know, it sucks because like it's fun to just kind of let go. But if you're looking for something of substance, date sober. But I was afraid to. I didn't know. I didn't think that I could. I didn't want to have sex sober. I don't, I'm like very in my head when I have sex, especially if it's somebody that I don't know. And I didn't want to like notice everything that was happening. I didn't want to think about like where I was going to put my hand or like, how's that feeling? Um, I actually have a whole thing I want to go on about like having sex sober. I'm not going to do it right now because this isn't the time. (laughs) This isn't the time to laugh. This is depressing. Just thought that if I was like sober, then I'd be single forever. Like I'd have to like search out sober people. I'd have to like go to AA and like listen to people talk about how they don't drink all the time. Like that's the thing about not going to AA and just quitting on your own. It's like for me, it is a sense of an identity that I am not drinking. Um, but it's not the start of every conversation. And I feel like when you go to AA every single week, you have to like revolve around that. And it's some people really need that. And it's a sense of community and it's a sense of connection. And I don't not downplaying that or saying it's not good. It's just not for me. I don't want to think about the fact that I'm giving something up every day, all day. I still haven't even a hundred percent decided if like I'm not drinking forever And I think mainly I'm not making that decision because then it puts too much pressure on it. And that's the other thing. Like if you are like, oh, I don't know if I want to quit drinking because I don't want to have to be put in this group, in this bubble. You don't have to. Like you can just quit because you don't want to right now. It's like if you quit eating cake because the cake makes you – or like gluten because it makes you feel gross. And then people aren't like, oh, you're a gluten-free person. Like now you are gross. Like or now you have to be put in this bubble and now you have to like say you're not going to quit forever. Um, the reason I'm talking about it and like, I guess putting myself in that bubble is because when I was looking at not drinking anymore, I researched everything. I was in like every, I read every blog post. How did I quit drinking? What the hundred benefits of not drinking before and after pictures. Um, I read every book or listened to every book. I joined that group one year, no beer. I was like, okay, I need a connection. I need to, I did try one AA meeting. Um, it was not for me. (laughs) I was not, uh, that was not for me. I don't, people can do whatever is best for them. I went in and I was like, oh, I'm not at this. This is not where I'm at. I'm not at this level. I hadn't even drank in like a month or something. I just wanted to know before I t- 
talked about it with other people. Um, also, I know that different AA meetings are focused on different things, but that one was very religious-based. And I, my trigger is not talking about alcohol. My trigger um, for like emotional trigger is being in a group talking about God. Right now, I'm really trying to figure out like faith in my own way and like how I feel about God. And I'm not downplaying anyone else's faith or belief. You can believe whatever you want. And I value that. And I think it's important. And I wish that I could have a faith just easily right now. And maybe I will. Maybe I'll find something. But sitting in a room and saying the Lord's Prayer was, that's when I started crying. People were like, oh, are you like, you going to go drink? And I'm like, no, I just can't say the Lord's Prayer in a group of people because putting everything under God is what kept me in an abuse state for years. Um, so yeah, it was not for me. Um, also, I just don't think I was in a place to need it. That's just not what I needed. I needed to just do my own thing. Um, I thought that if I quit drinking, it would ruin traveling for me. I wanted to go to like Italy and try all the wines and like eat bread and pasta and I haven't even been to Italy but guys drinking wine in Greece was fun and it was amazing and I don't regret it (laughs) um I just it's not where I am now although I do think that there are different there are positives to not drinking when you're on vacation because I think like you just get more out of it I don't know, like culturally, like wine is in different places or like certain alcohols. Like I drank whiskey at a, by a fire when I was in Scotland and that was a cool experience for me. So it's like, I'm glad I had that experience when I did, but I don't have to have that experience now. Um, and like quitting took a long time. Like I said, like it was like, I started thinking about this. It probably took me two years of like contemplating if it was an issue for me, going back and forth reading all of the things and then um during the shutdown was when I was like oh you know what like I just don't want to feel shitty like I don't want to be hungover I think it was like one really bad hangover was like okay I'm gonna take a year off and then I had like I said before I had like two drinks and it just wasn't for me like that feeling of like starting to feel like let go it freaked me out and I was like I don't want to let go I like I love having control over who I am and what I'm thinking what I'm saying once I didn't drink I was like I I don't want to feel out of control anymore it's just not how I don't like feeling like that um I didn't quit because I wanted to have an one night stand I wanted to, well, like I said, I wanted to have sex with people. I wanted to call my ex. (laughs) Like, I wanted a reason to get fucked up and call an ex and have sex with them because I didn't want to have to be in control of my life at that point. I didn't quit because I just wasn't ready to quit. And then I read some books. I'm going to list some books. You can also find this whole list of books on my Instagram post. I'm going to post it when I post the episode so go read it, um, reach out, like DM me if you want to know more about why these books spoke to me and what I liked about them. The first book that I want to recommend is called High Sobriety and it's by Jill Stark and she's an Australian um, and she, like in Australia the culture is a little bit different about drinking From my experience, obviously I'm not Australian, but I've hung out with a lot of Australians and I'm listening to this book. I gather that 
in the U.S., like, we might laugh and tell stories about, like, how we got fucked up, but we also have a sense of shame about it. We're like, oh, that was, you know, if we black out or if we do something embarrassing, we're like, oh, it's embarrassing. And in Australia, I feel like there's more of a sense of, like, good on you. Like, that's funny. Like, you got real wild. Like, you had a big night. Um, And so I think for her, quitting drinking was, like, it was hard for me, but I think it was really hard for her because there was just so much identity behind it. Um, and so it's funny and it, she doesn't like set out to like quit drinking in the beginning. I think she's like, I'm going to take a year off. Um, and then this naked mind is a really good one. It's like about being sober curious. It's about like not making a commitment or putting yourself in a bubble or saying I'm going to quit forever. It's like just really taking all of the connections out of drinking and being like, why do I have to like identify with anything? Why do I have to? make a commitment a promise forever why is it anyone else's fucking business if I quit drinking um it's just it's by Annie Grace I liked it I think it's a good one obviously quickly quit like a woman by Holly Whitaker is one of my favorites she just talks about it in a different way she kind of had a drinking at a young age type thing situation like I did um cold turkey by Mishka Shubley, Shubley. Sorry, I'm butchering his name. I think. Um, he talks about his identity with drinking as well, and like he was in a band and he drank all the time. But he just quits cold turkey. I think the book is called Oh Yeah, Cold Turkey. I just said that. Uh, he just stops drinking. Um, he's just kind of like a no bullshit way to talk about it. I like it. Um, We Are the Luckiest by Laura McCowan. It is really amazing. It's she just puts in another perspective like she talks about alcohol as like that's the curse like that's the thing holding you back that's the weird thing to do letting go of alcohol isn't the weird thing to do you're not the weird one when you're like oh hey I don't want to put poison in my body anymore and then sober curious I don't remember how much I love Sober Curious, but I like the idea of Sober Curious. It's been a long time since I read that one. Um, The Sober Diaries. Oh, Sober Curious is by Ruby Ruby Warrington. The Sober Diaries by Claire Poli. Um, Blackout by Sarah Heppola. Recovery by Russell Brand. Russell Brand talks a lot about like AA mindset. So if like that's your route, totally great. The Sober Lush. Okay, here's why I liked The Sober Lush. It's by Jardine, some last name I can't say, and Amanda Ear Ward. And I listened to I listened to all of these guys, and then I bought This Naked Mind and um, Quit Like a Woman, and I read them because I wanted more of that information. Um, but the reason why Sober Lush is so good is because it like gives you all of these creative ideas to think about not drinking. Like there is like all these drinks you can make, and it made me really think like oh, just because I'm not drinking doesn't mean that I don't get to have a delicious drink. Like, I feel like I started to taste flavors more. I was like, I would have more, like, fun desserts. And I would, like, make my own fun drinks. And I would really, like, savor the things that I had um, rather than feeling deprived. I was like, oh, I get to have all these, like, fun things. Well, you know, because I'm not drinking. So uh, I like that. I think it's a good... Uh, book if you want to have some ideas 
and yeah reach out if you feel like you want to know more about any of these books or any of that I did finally quit drinking because I was just ready and there were so many steps in between so many things where I had to like accept like changing my identity and um, change is hard and it's a loss it's okay to mourn that loss and it's okay to take time to to have that loss and not drinking doesn't make you weaker I am not 100% that like rise early like everything is perfect in my life but I will say that like the positive changes are very very vast I know I talked in the last episode about alcohol like some positives but I'm just gonna say some more I am almost done with my degree and I have a um, 3.7 GPA right now and I worked almost full-time doing that and I would say like I was able to take way more credits um my I used to take naps a lot obviously I worked nights so that was part of it but I was like really tired all the time and my daughter used to always talk to me about that and I don't know the last time I took a nap I don't I can't take naps like I have too much to do um I finally am releasing this podcast. I've been wanting to do this for years. I didn't have the strength to do it. I am so much more creative. I thought that like it would stunt my creativity not drinking because art artists are like they get drunk and like but that's that's one way to be an artist. It's not the way to be an artist. Just society like loves that I don't know, brokenness and you know what happens to broken people? They, you know, they do amazing things and then sometimes they die young. I don't feel like any weaker or less um, in tune or less empathetic or less relatable not drinking. I don't think it made me be like, oh, she's fluffy and all sunshine and rainbows now and she can't relate to anything. I'm like, if anything, I'm more relatable because I actually listen in conversations where before I was like just so me all the time like, I say this as I'm like making a podcast where I get to talk by myself as much as I want and make you all listen to it. But I mean, in reality, like I'm making this podcast because it does help me, but it's also for you. Like when I was trying to decide about not drinking, I absorbed every bit of information that I could to help me understand what was going on. And if I can help anyone that's curious about that, you know, I want to do it. I want to be here for you and I am able to do that now and I wasn't then I you I'm so much more in tune with how I feel so like yesterday like I said I was having a really rough time I found out some really bad news and I was I cried in my car and then I was like I want to drink wine with somebody and then I was like wait I don't really want to drink wine with somebody but I'm not perfect and so I finally went to in and out Burger and I like got like the double double and fries and a shake and let me tell you guys that wasn't that good why is everybody so obsessed with it I was like, this is okay. I'm eating garbage food in my car by myself because I want to feel like a garbage person right now. But I don't really like it. Um, And then I had a stomach ache. So yeah, you can still do shitty things if you don't drink. But I am so much more in tune with how I feel. So I ate that and this morning I felt awful. Like I felt like I was hungover. I had a headache. I didn't really want to move. Um, You're just like, I can tackle so many more things because I'm like, I just 
no I'm I'm more of a baby too like if I have a headache I'm like I don't want to do anything where before if I was hungover I'd still have to like live my whole life and now I just value myself more um I have went on some sober dates and it's been good like yeah I'm not I haven't found my partner but I know what I'm not looking for um and I know like when I did start dating sober and then like people that I was dating made me feel weird about it or like felt like it was a negatively impacting them that said a lot about them I was like oh I don't need you like if me not drinking makes you have to feel weird about yourself or like make me feel bad about it then you're not my person like also how weak are you that you need me to drink in order for us to feel connected um and yeah, there is a bit of a distance between me and some of my friends now. And I'm sure like if they listen to this podcast, they might even feel weirder because I think sometimes when you don't drink anymore, um, people feel like you're judging them or they do like that whole list of me saying I didn't quit because I wanted to feel connected. Those people don't want to hang out with me as much because they don't feel like they can connect with me the same way. And I think it just takes time. I'm not really that worried about it. I think that they will be my friend if they're my friend. Um, but, you know, it's it's a huge change, and I think people have to get used to it. And um, I, yeah, I'm just better. I'm more, I just feel better, guys. I work out more. Um, I'm more in tune with my body. I, I just feel like a better person. So does that mean I'm going to quit forever? I don't know. But that means that's where I'm at right now, and that is the beauty of it. You don't have to decide anything forever. You don't have to put yourself in a box. You get to live your life however you want to live it. And um, you have more and more power and autonomy the more decisions that you make on your own. You grow stronger. So thank you for listening. I hope this helps people. Please reach out if it did help you. Um, Check out my Instagram. I will post those books for you. And I hope you all have a great weekend. Thank you.